Well, we're on the road with Coach Dodge for no huddle this week, and obviously, Coach, I know you're proud of your guys. 77 nothing, a dominant win, the defense pitching another shutout, but we didn't expect Christian Edgar would have the game that he would have from the standpoint of what it would be like to step in for a guy like Cade Klubnick to get your first start on the road. What was the last thing you told him before you hit the field on a Thursday night for that quick turnaround week with Hayes? I told him to have fun, to understand that uh, he does not need to take the weight of the Westlake Nation on his shoulders. He had an outstanding offensive line, outstanding receivers, and really good running backs that were there to help him play the way that you practice. In our seven main formations, we had about four pass plays out of every one of those. He executed a back shoulder fade to Jaden Greathouse to perfection. He executed a pipe route to Keaton Quebec. I put it on the money. He executed a fly route. He executed a play-action pass, double move. He threw four touchdown passes to four different receivers, and then he ran for two. I mean, and the whole time was very calm, cool, and collected. The one thing people have to understand is that a guy like Christian Edgar last spring, it was his first varsity experience. When they're a quarterback for us, and it's their first spring, and they're coming onto the varsity team, they get the holy you-know-what knocked out of them. I mean, they get blit, they get hit, there is no uh, red jersey. Just like Kay did, you know, when he was a freshman going into his sophomore year, just like Taylor Anderson did when he went into his junior year, just like Sam Ellinger did when he was a freshman. All of them have to put in that butt, and that's the reason that we do that. So when it comes your time, you've been in that blender before. We crunched the numbers and completed 10 of 11 passes and then ran four times. So in 14 plays, he had amassed over a 280 yards of offense and six touchdowns. Yep. So, so he had himself a half of football. But what we didn't expect was to see Paxton land so quickly, and we saw him succeed as well, five of five through the air. Talk about what your relationship with Paxton and how it's grown over the last week in preparation for his first varsity action. Well, Paxton uh, is another guy who he ran track for us in the spring, and then he was with us during quarterback training. We moved him to third period during the spring. He went through spring football practice. Paxton, you know, really the the reason he got the nod over some other JV quarterbacks is that he is the one by far that understands what we're doing offensively uh, at the line of scrimmage, uh, handling the no huddle, getting the signal getting the information to offensive line, calling protections. We let him come up for home games. He's at every video session that I ever have. On Saturday mornings, if he, you know, if he played JV on Thursday night, he comes up to quarterback meetings on Saturday mornings. You know, the old deal, preparation and opportunity meet. How prepared are you? You know, and he was very prepared. And I'm really proud of the way that our number two offense came in uh, at the beginning of the second half. We kept the goal board intact. We only had one play that kept us from getting 10 goals on offense, and that was the fumbled exchange between uh, Christian and, and Jack. Kaiser in the first quarter. I think also you look at knowledge of assignment and uh, that's one of the key terms that I've taken from our Shap of the Week interviews and of course on deck at halftime we've got Ethan Burke and knowledge of assignment is such a key part and not just quarterback play but in play in general across the Westlake program. Can you kind of diagnose that and break that that part down for us and how important knowledge of assignment is? Yeah I mean it's just like everything that in, in your life. I've got 82 guys on this football team. There will probably be about 12 of them that are playing on our team right now that will go on and play past high school. You know, this deal called high school football has got to mean more to them than just right now. It's got to prepare them for life. Well, guess what? I think you're going to be ahead of the curve if you're the person that's competing for that job, for that promotion, whatever it might be. If you're someone who is very proficient at what your task is and what your assignment is. You know, our kids are smart kids. They understand that why would a coach put me on the field if I don't know what to do over 
someone who never misses their assignment. That's something that's just kind of ingrained into our kids. A guy like Paxton Land is figuring out, how, how can I most quickly get on the field? Well, I, I know what to do. You know, he stepped in and he threw his first completion was a sit route. He read it perfectly. The rover to the boundary, you know, went outside the vertical step with number two and he went to the inside receiver. The next throw he made was a touchdown pass versus cover zero. He ran the ball a couple times well in the absence of Cade. And let's don't make any bones about it. Uh, our leader is, is nicked up right now. But it sure is nice to have a couple other quarterbacks that are practicing and playing at a high level. And I can't wait to get on the field with them on Friday night to watch them perform again. Numbers don't lie, Coach. And let me throw some at you. Outside of the 77 to nothing loss, outside of the fourth straight shutout, here you go. 11 touchdowns, 8 tackles for loss, 3 sacks, 3 fumble recoveries, 2 interceptions, and 2 turnover on downs. And the fourth down stop, uh, to me, was one of the defensive plays of the game, if not the defensive play, is yep. when you have your second third team guys in there on fourth and goal from the four and they come up with another sack fumble and I think it's it's indicative of the relationship with the goal board that puts us in that moment up 70 to nothing and and your defense is still responding kids get up at some of them 4 30 in the morning to be at a 5 45 a.m practice you know our coaches these men that that are part of Westlake football they grind just like a, a lot of teams We're, we haven't cornered the market but I mean we work hard when the guys that uh, sometimes don't get to play as much as we'd all like for them to get to play well guess what their O antennas are up they don't want to be the ones that, that let uh, the goal board down so to speak I'm really proud of the way that they played yeah a lot of firsts last week the first touchdowns for guys that, that have been working hard in your program you know I think of Alex Zwali, I think of Trevor Sabraco, all those guys that get an opportunity to play, some guys that you've pulled up. We've talked about the collective, but one of the things that I always enjoy, and you mentioned this in Quarterback Club quite a bit, in fact, it was so evident that we had to bring it up on TV last week and on the radio as well, the response when guys like Alex Palazzuoli gets a touchdown, the response when the twos and threes make a, a stop. Water flying on the sidelines, everybody jumping up and down, and I put it in a word, and it's engaged. No, it's very real because, I mean, this is one of those teams we talk with them all all the time is we don't have any room in our locker room on our sideline for cool people you see it all the time where the starters get taken out and they sit over on the sideline and they look into the stands and they're more concerned with you know are they on the jumbotron or whatever and and these kids aren't like that they when you can't you can't keep them where they're supposed to be because they want to be right there at the edge watching the defensive players the offensive players play and definitely when our twos and threes get in you know the ones the kids that start are so fired up for them there's a, there's a tremendous respect for one another on our team. Everybody has a role. Right now, I can honestly say we got an 81-man roster, and all 81 of them are fulfilling their role. Some of their role right now, Tommy McIntyre, guess what his role is? His role is to get well. Well, guess what he does during practice? He works his tail off with our trainer. Right now, the role of Cade Klubnik is to get well. That's that's what his role is right now, plus being a leader you know, and, and helping me get an extra set of eyes on these young quarterbacks. It is a very engaged team. We talk to them all the time about don't let anybody that comes to watch us play. When we played Bowie, there were 10, 11,000 people at the stadium. Don't let anybody that comes to the stadium have more care about what happens tonight to us than we do. Happy to say that our kids really care a lot about what's going on. On to Aikens, which is homecoming. I know it's one of your favorite weeks <laughs> to coach in, but at the end of the day, <laughs> this is a new Aikens team. Obviously, they've got a lot of familiar faces, but a new head coach and, you know, obviously, Umberto Garza has been, uh, uh, been a mainstay in that program, but Joey Sachs takes over this club and all of a sudden they are moving the ball well they move from a spread offense to a slot t wing t and michael abata the quarterback seems to have picked up this offense quite
quite well, and they've been able to move the football on some pretty good people and pick up some wins along the way. Your thoughts on Ibarra's transition into his senior season? You faced some of these guys last year, but what's different about him now with a new offensive look? Their offensive coordinator had some haze ties in Let's Go, and those guys did such a fabulous job of going in and out of the slot T, wing T, and then going into spread. That's what Aikens does, because Aikens has some really good athletes. Anybody who went to our uh, district track meet last year will tell you that Aikens has got some good-looking athletes. They've got a few of them back from last year. I tell you, their secondary last year, in the 14 games that we played all season long, that was probably about the fourth best of 14 teams that we played. Secondary, we played all year long. And then Coach Sachs, what a fabulous job he's done in a, in a short amount of time. I've been able to catch some of the, the things that they've done, that the, that the local channels have done on uh, Aikens, and really impressive. They've got four wins right now with three games left. I mean, they got a chance to have one of the best seasons that they've had in school history. Sometimes when we play Aikens, there's not a whole lot left for them to play for. This team is still playing for a playoff spot with three games left. And you got some all-district guys back on that defensive side of the ball, guys that, that we know. And you, you talked about Darius Peters, Anthony Tijerina. These are guys that can flat-out play. What are you telling your young quarterbacks in the offensive front? What's the meetings like this week about preparing for their defense? Because one of the staples of having a good offense and being able to transition into a different look and being in the hunt this late is the ability to play some defense as well. Well, we prepare them for what we see, and we've had a really good week of work on what we see. They're not a whole lot different defensively than they've been in the past. They will bounce in and out of a a three-down versus a four-down look, but we've also got our kids ready for if they just get off the bus and they decide to go seven in the box and go straight zero behind it. That's always something that you want to be aware of, you want to be ready for in case that happens, and we will be. 31 consecutive victories here at Westlake. I know 32 is something that you'd like to have at the end of Friday night's homecoming game with Aikens, but you, you look at the history, folks. 2002 to 2003, Carroll went 31-0. 2004 to 2006, Carroll went 48-0. Westlake from 2019 to 2021, 31-0. And again, hopefully 32-0, Coach. And I know that history is a big part of your program, telling the story of not only your opponent to develop that respect and maintain it over the week of practice, but also telling your own story about how important it is to protect a tradition and a culture that you've helped grow and develop beyond what it already was. And yeah, I can't count how many times you've said this over eight years, that there's a lot of good that came before us and a lot and a lot of what came before us is what made this possible. But what does this mean to you? We're treading on some some very historic ground here. I, I love Westlake. When I was a young coach, I was I was married into the family, so to speak. I, I learned at a very early age as a coach, you know, what Westlake was all about. And so when I got the chance to come back here, gosh, why do you look at how in the world while, while we're here, how in the world are we going to raise the bar? Even a little bit. Tough to do. You know, when we were at South Lake Carroll, how in the world do we do more than what happened with Bob Ledbetter and that bunch? And I'm really proud of the fact, you know, all of the, the wins and stuff like that, you know, the, the 31-0 and and the 48-0, that goes beside the South Lake Carroll name of their team and the Westlake name of their team. You don't have those kind of streaks if you have a team that's disrespecting their opponents respecting the game of football. You will get ambushed along the way because along the way of those 31 wins that we have in a row right now, just think about the teams that we've played along the way that we could have gotten beat by. But uh, I'm very proud of of where our program is right now and and as we go forward. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and good luck. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate you doing this on the road for me.